theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Let's go ahead and jump into the Word of the Lord in just a little bit. When I'm done preaching, uh, I'm going to have Pastor Mateo come up, and he is going to facilitate communion. And you should have your communion elements there in your seats. And if you have those, if you would remain standing just for a brief moment as we read the Word of God. Let's open up our Bibles or your Bible apps to John chapter 12. I'm going to be reading verse 1, and I'm going to read 13 verses rather briskly. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James translation. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, uh, where Lazarus was who has been dead, who had been dead, excuse me, whom had he, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor. Did you catch that? He could care less about the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, by the way, if you don't get it, that's grace and mercy right there. (laughs) But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they might also see Lazarus. They wanted to see miracles, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. And they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And by the help of uh, God today, I want to preach this message, the fragrance of hope the fragrance of hope. Would you help me pray for just a moment and lift up your hands? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would anoint every hearer today, not only online, but here in person. I pray that you would anoint me to preach and to teach your word with relevancy and accuracy. I release the gift of faith in this house today. Heal whoever you want to heal, deliver and restore. Speak to us and we'll give you the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let me share my heart with you for the next 
20, 25 minutes, maybe a tad bit longer. I'll try to move quickly. But as I was thinking about the fragrance of hope, I want you to be thinking about hope is here. And the fragrance of hope is here. And it is abounding even in this very room right now as I'm preaching to you. You might not be in our in-person experience, but I'm believing too. You yourself can smell the aroma of hope. Hope is bounding. And I know we're dealing with a lot of stuff today, but I do want to declare confidently that hope is here. Hope is here. It's here for everybody as a matter of fact. And if you would just take a moment and just breathe in the hope that God is going to see you through. Take in the hope that God will not let you down. Take in the hope that God will make a way when there appears to be no way. Take in the hope that with him all things are possible and God will get you through this. Hope is here. The fragrance of hope is in this atmosphere. I'm an American, and we've been here in Canada now three years. Uh, and when the Columbia, I remember the Columbia shuttle. Uh, when the disaster took place, America lost seven heroes. And along with that, you might not know it, but they also lost a number of experiments that were going to take place in space. Of course, if you are uh, familiar with space exploration to any understanding, you understand that they're not just going to a particular destination, but they're trying out a myriad of things while they are there in space to experiment and explore, pushing the brinks of what could be. And international flavors and fragrances had an experiment on the Columbia shuttle. International flavors and fragrances is famous for their fragrances, their perfumes, their colognes, like Hugo Boss, uh, or White Diamonds, or Eternity, or Armani, or Curve, or Polo. And uh, I don't know that they're responsible for Dracar. When I used to wear cologne, though, back in the day, Dracar was uh, Alex is just with me today praise God I'm thankful for that I used to nickname it Drac but anyway neither here nor there I'm dating myself uh, but these fragrant manufacturers had an assortment of Jenny O hybrid mini roses on board and the astronauts were to harvest the roses aromatic oils while in space the last time something like this was even attempted was in 98 when Glenn May, uh, John Glenn made his return to space the fragrance harvested in space then was completely different than that on earth. When international flavors and fragrances hoped for what was going on with the Columbia with that harvest was a fragrance literally out of this world. That's what they wanted. Today, I'd like to introduce to you a fragrance that is literally out of this world. I'm telling you, if you would just open up the covers of this book and you would just take in the aroma of hope, it will not pass away. Beyond the musty smell of generations, there is a sweet fragrance of hope that clings to this book. I'm here to tell you hope is here. Praise God. The 45th Psalm verse 8 says it like this. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. The writer begins uh, the psalm with these words. He look, if you look at verse 1 in that same psalm, he says, Beautiful words stir my heart. I will recite a lovely poem about the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. 
And with that, he launches in this psalmist into a spirit-driven torrent of the greatness of Jesus Christ. He describes him as having stepped out of the ivory palaces of snowy white splendor and coming into the presence of mortal man. His appearance, though, if you look at Isaiah 53, it wasn't remarkable at all. He, talking about Jesus, had the ability to walk through a crowd and not even be recognized. He had the ability to be kind of incognito, if you will, because he didn't come in the form or the package like somebody anticipated. Though he is a king, and as a matter of fact, he's the king of kings, he made himself of no reputation, and he came in, uh, he came in a form of a body like you and I, and people weren't ready for that. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a God who's willing to humble himself, who's willing to go from glory to glory for you and I. He had the ability to do this, but the fragrance of his garments, if you just take it in, you can smell the hope in the atmosphere. Some of you may not even realize why you're here today, but I dare say you caught the scent of hope. The fragrance of hope has brought you here today. Hope is filling you when you're dealing with situations or you feel like you're overwhelmed. Hope is calling you, believing you to think that God is able to pull you out of your dilemma. Hope is here letting you know that he is the answer. I share this story with you of Pius VII. I read where a preacher once visited Notre Dame in Paris, and he was not very impressed with the architecture of the great cathedral, uh, its lovely setting, its history, or its statuary. Uh, but what did impress him was when they showed him the garments worn by Pius VII at the crowning of the first Napoleon. When the garments were removed from their storage, immediately, he said, the air became filled with the fragrance of the various spices in which the garments had been stored. More impressive than the stitching and diamonds to this preacher was the fragrance. See, the garments of Jesus Christ and who he is were said to possess three particular fragrances. I want to share them with you. The first is myrrh. And myrrh shows that God's love reaches. I'm thankful for the love of God today. See, Jesus was no stranger to myrrh. As a matter of fact, it was the last gift presented to the infant of Bethlehem by the wise men from the east. It was the last gift, if you read it, given to Jesus on the cross when he sipped from a cup of wine and myrrh. See, the word myrrh means bitter. So it's bitter to the taste, but it's sweet to the smell. This scraggly, I want you to see this, this scraggly thorny myrrh tree is not a beautiful tree. But from its wounded side comes a resin, a gum, a gum whose fragrance would literally invite people to the tree. His love will reach you no matter where you are. His love transcends social status. His love transcends economics. His love transcends politics. His love transcends gender. His love transcends your heartache. His love transcends geography. His love transcends your ideology. I want you to know the love of God is great. And the only reason why you and I are here today is because of the love of God. God reached down in mercy and picked us up out of our dilemma, picked us up and delivered us from our addictions, 
picked us up and delivered us from our sinful ways. Is anybody grateful for the love of God this afternoon? For because of the love of God, you and I are breathing. Because of the love of God, we can lift our hands. Because of the love of God, we're here today. Oh, if you love him, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. See, merchants, they would literally wound the tree, this myrrh tree, to get at the myrrh. You see the wounds of the myrrh tree. If you put it in closets, its perfume adhered to anything or anyone who came near it. For perhaps this reason, myrrh was one of the principal spices of the anointing oil. Thinking about David, I want to share something with you from the Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon 3 and 6. Who is, listen to this beautiful illustration, who is this sweeping in from the wilderness like a cloud of smoke? Who is it fragrant with myrrh and frankincense? Praise God. One tiny piece of myrrh can overwhelm a large room with its fragrance. I know exactly what I'm talking about. We have a little bottle of myrrh. And if you take it and just get, even if you just were to open it up, and I have a horrible sense of smell. Sarah will like, don't you, we could be in the house, it could be something. She said, don't you smell that? I'm like, smell what? I remember when Tess, Tess got skunked. We have a little, Tess, for those who don't know, we have a little dog, like 12 pounds. Uh, Daddy's little fur baby. And, uh, but anyway, she saw a skunk and she's like, meh, 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 meh. And we're like, Tess, come in. And by that time, it was too late. But Sarah was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, is it that bad? And she was like, open the windows. I was like, does it really require all that? <laughs> That's how bad my sense of smell is, okay? But I can smell that myrrh. Praise God. <laughs> I'm telling you, myrrh will overwhelm you. What am I here to tell you today? If myrrh is the love of God reaching you, the love of God will overwhelm you. I'm trying to give you hope today to let you know no matter what you're up against, the love of God is here. The love of God will overwhelm you in goodness. The love of God will call you. The love of God will reach you. Thank God for what shall separate us from the love of God. Shall sword, shall peril. I'm telling you, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He is with you. He is for you. He is in you. Somebody give him praise for his loving kindness. Hallelujah. Oh, the love of God. The love of God. Isn't it just like the love of God to overwhelm a person? Go to the wounded tree of Calvary and ask this question, why? Why did you leave the ivory palaces? Why did you come to die? Why, why, why didn't you call down 12 legions of angels to end your punishment? Why? It's love. It's the sweet smelling of her myrrh it's the sweet smell of a hope see jesus doesn't have just a little myrrh he has much myrrh praise god he doesn't have just a little bit of myrrh he has much myrrh that's why you know what we say no perfect people allowed here because the world and specifically the enemy has convinced you that the love of God is not sufficient I'm here to rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus Christ I don't care where you've come from I don't care what you've done I don't care where you've been I'm here to tell you the love of God is greater the love of God is the answer for everybody black white yellow brown red 
said the love of God is for the poor and the educated, the uneducated, the rich. The love of God is for everybody, for the wounded, the scarred, those that can't get it together. The love of God is for you, those that think they have it all together. The love of God is for you. Somebody give him praise for his love. Hallelujah. Why don't we just lift our hands? Praise God. It's his love. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Song of Solomon. I want to read this to you. Chapter 4, verse 6. It says, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh. And to the hill of frankincense, mountains of myrrh, mountains of love, high, far-reaching. Myrrh has been found for centuries in tombs used to preserve. I could preach on myrrh all day long. Myrrh was one of the burial spices used by Nicodemus on the, for the body of Jesus. Myrrh was no stranger to the son of David. It is the fragrance of his high-reaching love. It's the fragrance of hope. Second. I want to point out is aloe. See, aloe, his love heals. Now you're probably thinking aloe like in today, but actually that would, you would error because this aloe really is uh, something that comes from an Asian tree actually known as aloe's wood. It's also called eagle wood. Nicodemus used a hundred pounds of this in the winding the garments around the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's known for its beautiful grain. It's known for its fragrant properties. And it's also used as incense. It's also used for its medicinal purposes. When ground into powder, it's supposed to bring strength and healing for all sorts of heart problems, inflammations, and skin disease. Now, you might be thinking, man, are we sick? I'm afraid we don't realize how sick we are. I don't mean just physically. I'm talking, I know outwardly we might look like we have it all together, yet our hearts hurt. Our dreams are crushed. Our spirits are sagging. Our minds are tormented. We wonder what are we to do? Can I tell you, catch the fragrance of hope in this place today. There is healing for you today. When Jesus walked on this planet, people rushed to him. It was the sick that found him. It was the broken that found him. It was those that were laden with leprosy that found him. A mother cried out and said, heal this child. It was a soldier that cried, heal my servant. It was a woman with the issue of blood that said, Jesus. It was blind Bartimaeus that said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm telling you, if you're sick in this house today, or if you're sick, watch online open up your mouth and call on Jesus because the healer is here see the whole we don't need a physician those that are well we don't need a physician but those who know they're in need tend to tend to find themselves in the way of Jesus why because they can smell the fragrance of hope point number three is cassia his love lingers. His love lingers. See, the cassia tree of the Mideast is an evergreen. Used as one of the principal spices of the anointing oil. It blooms early in spring, and it lasts a long time. 
In other words, what am I telling you? It lingers. The love of God lingers. Praise God. His mercy endures forever. His love is everlasting. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. His compassions fail not. His loving kindness is everlasting. For you have loved us with an everlasting love. See, all of these spices would be mixed with oil in the Bible. The oil would eventually evaporate. But the fragrance would remain. (laughs) I need y'all to hear me today. So think about this, Mary's gesture. It was dramatic in every way. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and this is poignant for so many reasons. Without understanding the cultural background in which this event occurred, it's easy to miss the full significance of Mary's gesture. So I want you to stick with me for just a moment. There's so many things that she's communicating to us. It's screaming at us. Even, for example, I'll tell you this. This is just in study. But um, for any uh, folks who thought uh, that Jesus did not only invite women in ministry, but when it talks about her sitting at the feet of Jesus, that is a term that is exclusively used for students that would sit at the feet of a rabbi. And when you sit at, when they use that, Paul uses that reference in Acts. He said, I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. In other words, I'm a student of Gamaliel. She is a student of Jesus, a disciple. The scripture is clear about this. This is why, I don't even know how to get on this, but I'm just saying, well, let me stop. So here, when you look at this, and let me just tell you this for all of our worshipers. There'll always be somebody criticizing your worship. There'll always be somebody who will be like, well, does it take all that? Do they always have to lift their hands? Do they always have to jump? Do they always have to hoop and holler? But the thing that you need to understand is they don't know your pain. They weren't there. So let the naysayers always criticize. But you keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your heart on him and you worship him nonetheless. You lift your hands. You cry out to him. You open up your mouth and give him glory. If you want to run, you run. Why? If you want to shout, shout. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you want to clap, clap. If you want to jump, jump. Why? Because he's the one that delivered you from crack cocaine. He's the one that pulled you out of death. He's the one that delivered you from pornography. He's the one that made your marriage whole. He's the one that did it. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to kneel, kneel. But whatever you do, don't stop giving him the glory. Hallelujah. So, I want you to think about what, what is Mary trying to communicate here? What is she trying to communicate so Jesus himself clarified this. He, he, he clarifies one aspect of this. He says, she's preparing me for my burial. Now, we understand that her act of devotion pointed toward his death at the end of the week. But we miss something else that the disciples would have immediately realized, something so obvious that Jesus didn't even mention it. By anointing him with these expensive fragrances, Mary may have well been making a statement about whom she believed Jesus was, proclaiming him as Messiah. 
In fact, the Hebrew word for Messiah is Mashiach, which literally means the anointed one or Christos, the Christ, the Greek equivalent. So what I want you to understand is this, anointing, okay, the anointing oil. And, uh, if you were to come to my home in, back in the Bible days, it was common and even expected as an act of hospitality that I would anoint you. But Mark's use of a breathtakingly expensive vial of perfume, like we read about in John 12, made her action at the hint of anointing not just anybody, but a king. I'm kind of teaching today and not preaching. I want to say that again. So anybody, anybody would come in and get a little anointing oil. Oh, that's Mateo. Let me boop. That's Jordan. Boop. <laughs> that's good. That was good. I like that. Somebody's with me. Praise God. Then, when Jesus comes out, everything I have, I pour it out on you. Let me go get the most expensive oils that I have and pour it out on you. I'll get down on my knees. I'll cry out my worship. Everything. And what, she, what she's saying is this is the king, the king of kings. Praise God. Now, stick with me here. Stick with me. Okay? Now, the word Messiah alludes to the ceremony used to set apart someone chosen by God. Okay? Like a king or a priest. If you're familiar with any of this in the Old Testament, uh, the, uh, the king would be anointed by the priest. Okay? Uh, it's a phenomenal thing. Even like, it's like a coronation, if you will. And, but I want you to hear me. Instead of being crowned with a crown, instead of having a coronation, kind of the acme of that, with a crown, Hebrew kings were anointed with sacred oil, perfumed with extremely expensive spices. So stick with me. Only used for consecrating objects in the temple and for anointing priests and kings, the sacred anointing oil would have been more valuable than diamonds. What am I trying to get you to understand here? The marvelous scent that it left behind, hear me, the marvelous scent that it left behind acted like an invisible crown, conferring an aura of holiness on its recipients. Oh, the fragrance of hope is here. Praise God. Everyone, hear me, and everything with that unique fragrance were recognized as belonging to God in a special way. I don't even have time to preach this thought, talking about the anointing and how it's supposed to operate in our lives. But look at this, look at this. In the ancient Middle East, the majesty of a king was expressed not only by what he wore, his jewelry and robes, but by his royal aroma. The fragrance of hope. Praise God. Even after a king was first anointed, he would perfume his robes with precious oil for special occasions. Listen, listen, listen to what David said. I said it earlier, but now maybe it'll mean more to you. 
I'm quoting just a portion of verse 7, and then I'll read verse 8 of the 45th Psalm. Has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory places by which they have made you glad. Consider this passage, too, that I shared with you from Song of Solomon 3.6. Look at this. It reads, uh, who is this sweeping from the wilderness like a cloud of smoke? Who is it fragrant with myrrh and frankincense? I want our musicians to come. During royal processions, the fragrance of expensive oils would inform the crowds that a king was passing by. I'm going to say that again. During royal processions, the fragrance of expensive oils would inform the crowd that a king was passing by. God have mercy. If we could just get our mind around what's happening in the spirit, the king is here. The fragrance of hope is abounding in a world that might be dark, but the king is here. If you smell hope, you might sit at attention because you understand the king is passing by. If you smell possibilities, you might be alerted and think the king is passing by. If you smell, oh God, my marriage could be fixed, the king is passing by. If you smell what life could be like being healed, the king is passing by. If you smell what it's like to live again, the king is here. God, don't you understand that the king is here? The king is here. The king is here. I want to share one more passage with you that might help you understand what's taking place here. 1 Kings chapter 38, it describes a newly anointed King Solomon being led into Jerusalem from the spring of Gahan just outside of the city. And he's parading through the streets on a mule while the people cheered. Listen to what he says. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah, son of Jehodiah, and the king's bodyguard took Solomon down to Gahan Spring with Solomon riding on King David's own mule. Now look at verse 39. There Zadok, the priest, took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with the oil. Then they sounded the ram's horn, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon. And all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem. Watch this. Playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. The king is here. The king is here. The king is here. The king is here. Somebody ought to cry out, Hosanna! Hosanna! The king is here! The king is here! Somebody ought to wave! Hosanna! Hosanna! The king is here! The king is here! Shake the earth with your praise! Shake this building! 
kick the foundation with praise. Why? Because the king is here. Now, consider this striking parallel with the life of Jesus. If you could only understand where we are right now in this moment in time, chronologically. It happened the week before his death. Right after Mary anointed him with the expensive perfume, just as Solomon, Pastor Barry, had done a thousand years earlier. Whew. Jesus rode on a donkey on his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Imagine the scene. John chapter 12. The crowd was not greeting an ordinary rabbi. No, people were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the king of Israel. Hosanna! Blessed is the king of Israel. They were remembering Solomon, the son of David, who long ago had ridden through the streets on a mule. And now they were proclaiming Jesus was that promised son of David whom God sent to redeem his people. Just watch this. The significance of Mary's actions didn't stop there. Though, it seems likely the perfume would be so strong that it lingered for days. God may have used Mary's act of devotion to telegraph a subtle but powerful message. Everywhere Jesus went during the final days of his life, he had the fragrance of royalty. The fragrance of hope. Jesus smelled like a king. Oh, the fragrance of hope is here today. Can you imagine in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jordan, when Judas and the Roman soldiers, they're getting close and the Roman soldiers are, what's that a smell? Judas was familiar with him because he was there. Even when he was doing wrong, you need to hear me, hope was still calling him. God have mercy. Even when he was wrong, what did I smell? The Roman soldiers, what is that smell? Never smelled anything like that. It was alerting them, you're in the presence of a king. And when they let him, away and arrested him they whipped him and beat him his clothes what's that smell it's hope the fragrance of hope don't you smell it it's the fragrance of hope hope is here hope is here hope is here and here's what we're going to do we're going to sing for just a moment because the love of God is 
not only here but it's lingering it's calling and you might be thinking I don't smell it Pastor Akil but man I feel it I feel something I've never felt before you might have a poor sense of smell like me but the moment I stepped into a room like this I said what is that I feel why am I crying like this it's hope I'm in the presence of a king before we get ready to receive communion why don't we just respond to the presence of a king why don't we lift our hands and why don't we just thank him why don't we just worship him why don't we just bless him with song hallelujah thank you Jesus thanks for listening to our podcast Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.